0: We're glad to have Clay Curtis here tonight. He's preaching in Danville, and he brought Mark and Regina and Diane with him, and we're glad to see you all. The butler, the baker, and the gospel. In Genesis chapter 39, in Joseph's master, verse 20, took him and put him into prison place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Everything Joseph did prospered because the Lord was with him. And he had charge of all the prisoners. Now I was thinking this is probably the only time in the history of mankind this has happened, when a prisoner has responsibility for all the prisoners, and it's given into his hand by the main jail keeper. So there are two prisoners that are going to come under Joseph's jurisdiction, and we're going to read about them in chapter 40, the butler and the baker. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. We're not told what they did, but these were chief men in his cabinet. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. They were the top. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. Now, Joseph was still bound, yet he was calling the shots at this time. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward, in the prison, with Joseph being their overseer. And they dreamed A dream, both of them. God gave them these dreams. How many times do you dream and you can't give an account for it? They're weird. You don't know what they meant. You don't know where they came from. Well, we know where these dreams came from. God gave these men these dreams. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which was bound in that prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? I see something of the sensitivity of Joseph here. Uh, I look at Joseph as being a really positive man. Uh, He knew the Lord was with him no matter what was brought his way. He knew the Lord was with him when he was in Potiphar's house. He knew the Lord was with him when he was in the prison. And he was just a positive man. And really, with the Lord on the throne, why would we not be positive? He controls everything. And Joseph was sensitive toward these men. He could see something was wrong. And he said, why are you so sad? What's Wrong. Verse 8. And they said unto him. We've dreamed a dream. And there is no interpreter of it. We have no idea what these dreams mean. And Joseph said unto them. Do not interpretations belong to God. You know he was always. Confessing. His Lord. His God. Do not interpretations belong to God. Maybe they'd never heard of God before, but they have now. Interpretations belong to God. Tell me, then, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded life, and her blossoms shot forth. And the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. I crushed them. And I gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh... Lift up thine head. And my marginal reading says he will reckon you. He will reckon you. This is key to understanding the gospel. He reckoned the baker's head as well. Two different results, but they were both reckoned. Their heads were both lifted up. Verse 13, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee. Under thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler, but think on me when it shall be well with thee, Joseph knew he would be out of prison in three days. Think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When Chief Baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And my marginal reading says, full of holes. These baskets were full of holes. And in the uppermost baskets there were all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. I had labored to cook these things and to present them to Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered it and said, This is the interpretation thereof the three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee. And shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Now that was a difficult interpretation, wasn't it? Can you imagine how difficult it was to tell this man that? In three days, your head's gonna be cut off, and the birds are gonna eat your flesh. That's a gruesome interpretation. True, but it must have been difficult. Verse 20, and it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Same word. He lifted up their heads. He reckoned them. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And he's going to be in this prison for another two years. Now this is the second of three times Joseph interpreted dreams. You remember the dreams he had concerning his brothers how they were going to bow before him and then he had these dreams that he interpreted And in the next chapter we're going to see where because he interpreted these dreams he's going to be brought before Pharaoh and interpret his dreams and he's going to go from a prisoner to the chief man in Egypt in a very short time it's a beautiful story The Lord said regarding the scriptures, they are they that testify of me. And he said concerning Moses, Moses wrote Genesis. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. He wrote several Psalms as well. But the Lord said concerning Moses, Moses wrote of me. So we see ahead of time that this is not only the story of um, Joseph's correct interpretations, there is a very clear and simple gospel message in this story. Now, the Bible always represents humanity in two distinct groups. Here we have the butler who was destroyed or the, who was restored, and the baker who was put to death. These two men are two representative men. Uh, the Pharisee and the publican, two representative men. The rich man and Lazarus, two representative men. Cain and Abel, two representative men. They're the righteous, they're the wicked, they're the saved. They're the lost, they're the sheep, they're the goats, they're the wise, they're the unwise. The Bible always represents all men in one of two groups. And the butler and the baker certainly represent that to us. And these two men both had offended their lord, the king. We don't know what they did, but I love the way this story starts. It begins with these two men who both offended their Lord, the king. Now, he is that to all men, whether they acknowledge it or not. He's everybody's Lord. I love the scripture in Romans 14:9 says, He's Lord both of the dead and the living, both of the lost and the saved. He is their Lord. The Lord said, thou hast given me power over all flesh. He's your Lord. I love saying that. He's your Lord. Whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, he's my Lord. He's he's the Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And these two men had offended their Lord. Now, I learned something about gospel preaching here. Gospel preaching, the Bible itself, makes no effort to prove the existence of God. Self evident. Here is where we must begin in gospel preaching. Not does God exist. But what is our state before Him? We've offended Him. He's God over all, and our state before Him, every one of us, we have offended Him. Sin. Understand this: sin is an offense against God. That's what's so bad. You know the Scripture. David said, "Against Thee and Thee only." Have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight? What did the prodigal return saying? I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. Sin is against God. Somebody says, well, what about the people you do wrong? Well, you do them wrong. There's no doubt about this, but this is the chief problem. Sin is against God. And these men had offended their Lord, just like you and I have offended God, that is where we begin. There's where gospel preaching begins. Now, false prophets, and I don't use that word lightly. I want to say that with fear. I don't want to misrepresent anybody. But I know this, false prophets begin with God and the things he will do for you if you fill in the blank. If you meet some kind of condition, oh, God will do all kinds of good things for you if you. That's not gospel preaching. Gospel preaching begins with God and our offense against him. Our state before God. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, That every mouth may be stopped and all the world stand guilty before God. That's where we begin in gospel preaching. These two men come, the butler and the baker, and they have offended their lord, the king. You know, the issue is not what will I do with the Lord. The issue is what will he do with me. Right now, the issue is not what will I do with the Lord. The issue is what will he do with me. He is God over all. Blessed, forever. He's the King, and sin is offense against Him. Verse four, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. You know they didn't know how, uh, what a blessing that was, to be put in Joseph's hand, and he served them, and they continued the season in. The ward, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which was bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. Isn't there a sadness to sin? There's a sadness to sin. It wreaks havoc in our lives. Yes, the main problem is it's against God. But what a sadness there is to sin. And Joseph looked upon this. And his kindness just strikes me. And I think of the Lord Jesus Christ. His kindness towards sinners. Aren't you thankful he is called the friend of sinners? Don't miss that. He's the friend. Of sinners. And I'm just so amazed by thinking about this, but you know, a sinner never got around him and felt uncomfortable and threatened and judged. They drew near to him. There was something about him that caused them to draw near. And Joseph demonstrates this character as a type of Christ. And he says to these people, Why are you so sad? He asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We've dreamed a dream. And there is no interpreter of it. We have no idea what it means. And with regard to the gospel, me and you can't figure it out. We can't interpret it. You can't lock yourself into a room and say, I'm not leaving till I have this thing figured out. It ain't going to happen. We're totally dependent upon revelation. And that's where preaching comes in. That's not to exalt the preacher. The preacher knows he's nothing. Paul said, I'm nothing. Me too. You too. It still says, please God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You're not going to figure this out. (sighs) Faith cometh by hearing. And you know, there's nothing more. You just sit there and hear. And you're totally dependent upon God to make known to you what he's saying in his word. There's no interpreter. I love what the um, Ethiopian eunuch said when Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. And that's the way all of us are. We're shut up to revelation. We're shut up to God revealing himself to us through the preaching of the word. And Joseph, verse 8. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? (laughs) They sure do, don't they? Tell me. I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph. And Joseph said to him. "Dream to Joseph. And he and said to him. The butler speak to to Joseph. He says it's my dream. Behold a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches. And it was as though it budded. And her blossoms shot forth. Now, this speaks of the life that is in the vine. The Lord said, I am the vine. And this speaks of the perfect life of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is like Aaron's rod that budded. Very similar. This is talking about the supernatural, miraculous, perfect life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He kept God's law perfectly. Life Comes from him. And Pharaoh's cup. Was in my hand. A cup that was given me. it Wasn't mine. It was Pharaoh's. And I took the grapes. And pressed them. Crushed them. Into Pharaoh's cup. And I gave the cup. Into Pharaoh's hand. Now he talks about what he presents to Pharaoh. First it's a cup that didn't belong to him. He was given to him. Faith, the gift of God's grace. And in that cup he had one thing: the crushed grapes. That represents the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All he brought was the blood of Christ in a cup that didn't belong to him. Now, when a sinner approaches God, All he brings, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. That's the way a sinner comes into God's presence at all times. He never graduates from that. He always comes, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This butler brings this in a cup that was given to him. That's the faith he had to bring this crushed grape, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all he presented to his Lord. Nothing else. Verse 12, and Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. How long was the Lord in the tomb? Three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head. Now this is not language that we would normally use, but it's used here. It's used with regard to both the butler and the baker. Pharaoh will lift up your head. And as I said, both times it's used, my Marginal reading says he shall reckon you. Now, the key to understanding the gospel is found in this word, reckoning. God reckoned the butler and he was restored. He reckoned the baker and he was put to death. Now, The butler brought nothing but the blood of Christ. Can you identify with that? To make no other plea but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ at all times. At all times. That's the way it came. Now... Like I said, those crushed grapes represent his death. Let me tell you something about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that the butler brought. Number one, why is there death in the first place? Because sin. I don't understand how this works. But Christ didn't only bear my punishment. He didn't only bear my guilt. He bore my sins in his own body on the tree. And sins can't be two places at once. If he bears them, I do not. By his death, that crushed grape, complete satisfaction was made. He shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Complete satisfaction. And what I love thinking about even more than these two things is that God is glorified by his death. God is completely Glorified by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every attribute of God is honored. God is glorified. Now, what a glorious thing to think with regard to the death, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sin paid for. Complete satisfaction made. And God is glorified. The way of For God to be just and justify the ungodly is made. Now remember the butler had offended the king. And all he brought was the grapes, the crushed grapes. And what did the king do? Within three days, verse 13. Within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head, or reckon thee, and restore thee under thy place. Now let's talk about this thing of reckoning. Remember that scripture in Romans chapter 4 where it says to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. But to him that worketh not. Would that describe you? I'm not talking about lazy and indifferent and thinking, I don't need to give any effort in this thing. I'm not talking about that at all. But you are convinced by God that you could never be saved by anything that you do. And I mean anything. And works are over for you. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for. Righteousness. Now, the only ground of peace is reckoning. Now, when Adam sinned, it was reckoned that I did too. Somebody says, how can I be held responsible for something I didn't do? You're not. You did it. God reckoned you with Adam's sin. When Adam died, you died. I hope we all believe that. I hope nobody thinks, well, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, you would have. You did it. You did it. Not you would have done it. You did it. That's God's reckoning. And how God reckons things is how they are. When Adam died, I died. But you know what? When Christ lived, this is true with regard to every believer. When Christ lived, his life is reckoned as mine. So that I live that life. Thus it becometh us, he said to John the Baptist, to fulfill all righteousness. And when he died suffering for sin, that was reckoned to me. And he paid the debt. And when he was raised from the dead, justified God satisfied with him God pleased with him couldn't be any more saved than he was God reckoned that to me now salvation comes by reckoning and how God reckons things are the way they are and I love thinking this you know people people think well how could I be reckoned with something that happened before I was born how could that be right well, you wasn't born when Christ lived and died, were you? But you sure want to be reckoned by what He did, don't you? You got to take both. You got to take both. He reckoned him, and he was restored. Here's what's going to happen: Pharaoh's going to reckon you. He's going to restore your place, and you'll deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after that the former manner. When thou was his butler, this is good news, isn't it? But Joseph says, "Think on me. Don't forget about me. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon." You'd think he'd remember that, wouldn't you? You'd think he would. Let's go on reading. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, oh, well, he was excited. I suppose he thought, I'm going to hear good news too. He said to Joseph, I also in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. In my marginal reading, says, Full of holes. Somebody said it was a wicker basket. I don't know. But it was full of holes. And in the uppermost basket, verse 17, in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. Now, this is an interesting word. It's the only time this word is found in the Bible. And it's made of two words. The first one is work, do, labor. The second word is bake. This is the best baking I can do. I mean, I'm sure it was baked meats very much like Cain and his beautiful fruit that he brought. Baked meats. Your best. Your best. I sure don't want to offer to the Lord my second best. I want to give him my best. Problem is, my best is no good. But he didn't realize that at this time. He's offering his bake meats, his works. And what happened? And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. Now, that's going to be true of me and you. If we bring our baked meats, they're no good. And the birds will eat them and I'll be left with nothing. Verse 18, and Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation there of the three baskets or three days, same as the butler, three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head same word here's what's going to happen when Pharaoh reckons your head he's going to cut it off and you're going to be hung on a tree now that is the end of everyone who comes into God's presence in their own works their own efforts Their own good intentions, their own whatever it is, it's full of holes. Our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and the only thing that's going to happen, and I'm sure it was difficult for Joseph to give this interpretation, but he said the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to be nailed to a tree, and you're going to be put to death. Now, here are the two reckonings, and there's only two reckonings in the gospel. If you come into God's presence, now listen real carefully. I'm telling you the truth. If you come into God's presence right now asking only to be reckoned in Christ. Can you do that? You come into God's presence, I only want to be reckoned in Christ. God will meet you on that ground and that's where he'll meet you. I'm not making any qualifications. If you come like that, you'll be received like that. If you come pleading nothing but Christ only, nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. You come like that, God will meet you right there. And he'll save you. And he'll restore you. And you'll have complete honor. But if you come the other way, God will reckon you that way. And it won't be good. You'll have the same end as the baker. You come looking to Christ only, God will treat you. He'll he'll meet you on that ground. I promise. You come in your own works, God will meet you on that ground. And beloved, it will not be good. Verse 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler. What got into it? He thought about that man who defended him and he reckoned him and put him in the place he'd formerly been. And the chief baker didn't have that end. He reckoned him in such a way that his head would be cut off and the birds ate his flesh while he was nailed to a cross or a pole or whatever it was hung on the tree verse 21 he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again and he gave the cup into pharaoh's hand but he hanged the chief baker as joseph had interpreted now if i'm preaching the gospel If I say you come into God's presence pleading only Christ, you will be accepted. That's what's going to happen. You come in your works, you're going to have the same end as the baker. That will happen. You know, it's amazing. Verse 23, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Got all about him. And so Joseph lays there in prison for another two years. And the scripture says his feet was hurt with fetters. It was not a comfortable place. He was there for another two years. But there's a reason he was there for two years. The Lord's going to bring him out in two years. All of a sudden the butler's going to remember. He's going to say, I remember my faults. I remember them. And he's going to tell Pharaoh about this man in prison who his God had enabled him to interpret dreams. And in, I suppose, one day, Joseph goes from being a prisoner to being the most powerful man in the world. As we shall see. Let's pray. Lord, we would be like the butler and bring in the cup that you've given us, pleading only who Christ is and what he did. And Lord, we ask for deliverance from being the baker, bringing our own baked meats, our own works Lord, be our teacher. Deliver us from our own understanding. Deliver us from our own will. In Christ's name we pray, amen.